This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Hiya, it's Adam. Hope you're well. Liverpool boxer Stephen Smith is in world title action on the 16th of April. He's going over to the States. He's hoping to become the first scouser to win a world title abroad. Before he jetted off on a plane across the pond, he popped into Fight Disciples HQ. How are you, pal? Good, mate. All good. Um, Now, part of the programmes that I do, obviously we are going to talk boxing. We are going to talk Pedraza. We're going to talk about your little trip to America to become IBF champion. Of course we are. Uh, However, I do like to do a little bit of digging because I like to show off the personalities of the guys that come into the studio. Your yeah. brother's been here, he admitted that he fancied Rita Rora, that's, your little, uh, that's Liam that came in yeah. and did that. He got a telling off off his missus when he got home, so I apologise if things like that yeah. happened during this, alright? Um, so, I know that you've spent a bit of time in the presence of a few uh, Liverpoolian boxers, especially with your time on the GB team, back yeah. in the day in your amateurs, right? One of which is a certain Mr Anthony Bellew, right? Yeah. Who does like to grasp people up with various things that they've done in the past. <laughs> so he sent me a couple of stories, right, that have come my way. And obviously cool. you can talk about them if you wish, or cool. you can just yeah. leave them out, all right? <laughs> so first one was, um, there's, well, he basically goes on to tell me that there's too many about young Stephen. However, ask him about someone getting their pants pulled down in the EIS lobby in front of tons of people and then getting pushed over while his pants were around his ankles. Does yeah. this resonate? Does this? Do you remember this story? There's a few of them similar, to be honest with you. you know, everyone went through a phase of doing it and kexing people, he calls it, and all like pulling the pants down while you weren't expecting them. Who was the instigator? A few of them happened, and it was usually always, like Danny Price was one of the worst, he's not off from Liverpool, but the scouts weren't too bad for it, but I think we just seemed to get done quite a lot, you know what I mean? And I've had a couple of bad ones done to me, like in public places, so it's more likely one of them stories about me, but... It's all fun and games when it happens. It's just not nicer at the time when I can see you go a bit red. Especially being a young lad yeah. as well around that time, yeah. yeah. Um, another one from Bellew. Uh, tell him about the time when the coach ran, I think it's him, and Selkirk over while they were doing the sprints outside the gym. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> Is that true? remember that, yeah. Uh, outside the gym. When it gets to the fight week, you just do a few. When we're at the Rotunda, you know, great gym. Proper, proper setup where... You know, all your training scheme, they, they used to have a national champions and people going far in the title. So we have a set, like, programme, what you do. And when it comes to fight week on the Tuesday nights, you just do some short, sharp sprints, get you ready for your fight, Friday or Saturday, whatever day Keep it the is. blood flowing, yeah? And um, the lads were in, I'm sure it was the ABA final. And uh, it was the semis or the final, anyway. And sprints outside the gym. <laughs> I think Selkirk took the blunt of it more, really, because he was a bit quicker than Bellew at the time. And uh, they're doing sprints up the side, and one of the coaches, Wiggy's turned up a bit late, and he, he's pulling in, <laughs> driving across the path where they're running, oh, and heads on collision, boom. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. So Kate okay, was over the bar, and I think Bell, you got a bit of time to put the handbrake on so he didn't get as bad off it, but uh, he was lucky, so Kate went on and won them, really. <laughs> <laughs> Great times then, obviously, your amateur yeah, career, just mate. Yeah, some unbelievable memories, you know. I've been very lucky in, in terms, you know, the. The sport I, I chose to. to How many to fights did you have at amateur? About 140, 152 fights in the amateurs, yeah. And um, so I got to travel the world. I've boxed in you know, most of the countries you can you could name. I've probably boxed there. It's it's, it's been one of them things where I have been very blessed in, in in terms of I've been to see the world. I've I've met some of the, the best people in my life, and it's all all just through you know a hobby that I got good at really. 
You say you got good at it. I mean, the, probably the uh, the peak of it was the Commonwealth. Yeah. Ten, I don't want to date you now, mate. I make you feel old. Oh no, yeah, I don't know. It's it's ten, ten years. years since gold I can't medal. believe it. Honest to God, it's just like it was only as I say like last month. Um, so like it was Easter a couple of weeks back. Um, Does it feel like ten years? No, not at all. It's just it, it's always a, a, a good memory for myself. Obviously, winning the gold medal in, in the Commonwealth Games is special, but doing it in Australia and. You know, my family all getting up in the night and watching and stuff like that. It just made it so much different for me. And you know, my dad come out with me and you know a couple of uncles and stuff. But but the rest were all at home. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's weird boxing anyway without my brothers there. You know, and I was over there and just a and to win gold, strange, though, yeah, just a strange, like unbelievably proud, proud moment for myself. But like different, just as you say, we're always together. My brothers, we know watering together. We're always together and being out there, sort of on my own. My dad was over a couple of uncles watching, but that that was it really, family wise and. No one, everyone was up in the night, and everyone was. You know, we we kept getting more and more people at my mum's house, turning up to all watch it together and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And it was good. It was one of them things. I'd love to have seen it, but obviously, you know, I, I was the one they were watching, and you know, it was always a proud moment of myself. And you know, to say it was ten years ago was just absolutely scary and terrifying to think how fast time's gone. And yeah, it's just and so much has happened in that ten years in your professional career. Yes, of course. You know, it kept moving forward, and you know, my professional career is going well, and hopefully, it'll all accumulate me being world champion this weekend and. Uh, next weekend and that that's that's the you know, the big dream the big plan and that's what all that was for and mm. it can all, all come true but still to say it's been 10 years has gone the blink of an eye is, is an understatement did you always wanted to be a pro yeah i think you know anyway i think look 99 out of 100 people do you know if you watch boxing and you grow up watching boxing you grow up watching like you know whether it's as far back as your sugar Ray Leonard's or your your Nazim Ahmed, your Mike Tyson's all the people you watch are, are pro boxers yeah it's very rare you start you know you, you only really get into the the top Olympic amateur side of it when you when you when you're a boxing fan really and you only only sort of watch that otherwise put the Olympics on you watch the athletics and stuff and mm. I think most most people get into boxing due to pro, professional boxing so yeah I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to be you know my dream as a kid wasn't to be a world champion because you know it was every time I ever ever went in the gym every time I got in the ring sparring every time I've been out running in the rain you know, diet and making weight it's all been towards you know this next fight so you know it's really that big for me and. No, it's one that I'm going to, I'm going to take, take up both hands. Well, before we talk about your professional career, talk to me about being an accountant or a trainee yeah. accountant. You were you were doing that? Yeah, in, I was. In, around amateur time, weren't you? I was, yeah. I was I was always good in school, but to be honest, it was always bright. It was always you know nice. that I'm going to give yeah, you some maths always, questions in a minute, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> mind it. I've always got A's in, 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 me, in me maths, like GCSEs and stuff, and then I was doing A-level maths, A-level physics and A-level PA. I was, wow. I was quite bright in school, and I got... Working and was working for the council and an accountancy job come up, so they were doing. So while you were at college, school. yeah. So what it was, they they, they started like a, a a thing where I could go and work for them and it, they'd give me the time off oh, to right, go yeah, to so tournaments and, and stuff, stuff yeah, yeah okay. so stuff like that. So it was good. It was all fitting in with, with me thing. I won the Commonwealth Games while I was there, so you know it was obviously working well for me, and I was getting to do my accountancy and still going to college and stuff. And and then when it was carrying on, obviously when it comes to the decision to turn professional, it was one of the things that sort of something I can always go back to yeah. if need be. You know, I'm open, I don't have to, but, you know, it's one of the things that will always be there and Matt was always something I enjoyed in school, funnily enough. So how many of the brothers, like, when obviously they put finally the tax return at the end of the year, they go, Yeah, they start yeah, to yeah, yeah, just have a look at say, this. listen, that, that's none of that no more, I need that. <laughs> Go and get your, your own accountant, aren't you? Yeah, but at least you can save a few quid on accounts. Of course, yeah, it's one of the things I can do though myself. It's 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 not something that you know I need to. It's more, you know, the knowing sort of which way to go about it. You know, with terms of the box and stuff, stuff like you can, you know, what 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 you claim, what you do, and you know, with being all, 
you need just to put in the right direction. But other than that, they you know the accountancy side, I can do it myself. Yeah. You ready for your question? Go on. Then. This is brutal, man. Because <laughs> I so basically this is this has come from right. It's GCSE time this time of year, right? Go on, yeah. And uh, we've got uh, quite a bright young whippersnapper that works in our office who's got an A in her maths. Yeah. So she gave me this question. I hadn't got a clue about it. Go on. Right, you ready? 5W yeah. minus minus 8. Minus e- minus 8. Yeah, yeah. Equals 88. What is W? Do you need pen and paper? No. Uh, 5W minus... 5W minus minus 8 equals 88. It's 88. So 5... 16. Get out, man! Yeah. Five that bad boy right up. Nailed it! <laughs> Without pen and paper, by the way. Just looked at me in the eyes, but yeah, mate, 16. Nailed it. That is some serious techers, man. Fair play to you. Do you think you'll ever go back to it? It's, it's well, a tough question. That's to. what I mean. If it's one of them, I'm open. I don't have to. I'm open. I earn you know, enough money out of the box and that. I can set, set myself, my family, my kids up where you know, I can do stuff, put money into business or whatever, and I'll have a regular income and I won't really need to, but. If the worst comes to the worst and it's something I have to go back to, then, you know, as I say, it's something I always, I've always enjoyed doing. So it's one of the things I can't always go back to it and, you know, it'll always be there as long as uh, I don't get it too much and start forgetting what I'm doing. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> Regarding the travelling that you were talking about before, yeah. you did a lot of that in your amateur career. Yeah. Professionally, I think you've only, have you only fought abroad once in Germany? Only in Germany as a pro, yeah. Saying the amateurs are all around the world, but as a pro, I've only actually fought in Germany once myself, but... You know, being being as close to my brothers as I am, it's sort of yeah. feel like I've boxed around the world anyway. You know, Callum and Paul have boxed in America. Paul's obviously had the fights with G- in Germany and stuff. And mm. where we go together, we travel together, we're at the weigh-ins together and stuff. It's sort of like you're going through it all yourself anyway. Yeah. So it won't make a blind bit of difference to me when, when, once I'm over there. That's why I sort of didn't mind where the fight was. That's why I agreed last year I was going to go over to Japan and box as a WBC champion. And, you know, it didn't come off one thing or other, but it was not, not, not down to me not wanting to go. Do you know what I mean? I wanted to do the fight and... I don't mind travelling, you know, my brothers are the same, it's probably for the same reason, we always feel like we've been through it anyway with each other. Do you think you've got a bit of unfinished business in America? The reason why I said that is because last time you were there as an amateur, Chicago, yeah. Yeah. you're expected to do unbelievably well. Yeah. You've admitted yourself that you look beyond your opponent in that particular fight, so is there a Barley, case of yeah. a little bit of unfinished business with the States? Definitely, yeah, and, and you know, sort of lesson learned from last time, you know, it's one of the things I have never spoke about, you know, once I've won this world title, what I'm going to do and all this, because I won't look past it. You know, to say the last time I went, I was boxing the world championships and I was just looking at my draw, looking at Ed, see where, you know, I'd meet the, I lost in the European semis to the Russian, the world number one, Albert Selimov, and I was looking at my draw, seeing when I'd get him. And when I was warming up my fight, I was watching him on the screen, just seeing how he was doing and stuff. And just looking at Ed, really thinking I only had one man to beat. And, you know, it wasn't the case. I ended up in my draw, I boxed a, a German opponent who, who I'd already stopped before. Mm-hmm. So I was just thinking, you know, oh, it's a gimme, I'll beat him. And it goes out and loses to someone who had already stopped before. And, you know, it's just a big lesson for me in life, but, you know, massively in boxing. Uh, you know, you never look past what's in front of you. And I've learned that. I've never done it since. And, you know, I certainly won't be doing it this time. Thank God that you did it then. Yeah, that, what, a great, what, what a mean, great time to learn. Yeah, it was, it was a harsh lesson for me at the time. I remember at the time thinking, wow, I've trained this half of the world championships and I've gone out to someone who I've stopped before. Couldn't believe it. Just couldn't get me out around it. And I'm, Kicking myself constantly, thinking, you know, all this training, how stupid are you? You've looked at Ed, looked at what could have been and would have been and should have been, mm. but I never dealt with what, what was, which was right in front of me. And I went out and I slipped up, I looked past him and, and I got beat. And, you know, rightly so, it wasn't one of them, like it was a bad decision and stunk and that. And I chased the fight and the kid boxed well on the day and, and he beat me. And it was one of them things where it never happened again, it never has. You turned pro, great yeah. start to your career. Yeah. 
Um, and then a, a little bit of a blip in the road, I suppose. You have promotional difficulties, obviously, with Frank and stuff like that. Do you think that comes yeah. from, obviously, you being quite... You're a switched-on dude. Yeah. So, therefore, you want to take control of your own business? It was half down to also the amateur career I had. You know, I boxed six times in six days. I boxed five times in five days, twice. Yeah. And I turned you were inactive for a bit, weren't Yeah, you? and I was, I was going 12 months without a fight, and I was thinking, like, this is not me. I, I can't do it. I just... It's like, you know, I'm going to the gym, I train very hard. Anyone who's trained with me will tell you, you know, what I give to the sport. And, you know, I, I was going to the gym every day. I was training as hard as I can. I was giving everything. And it's like someone going to work and not getting paid, really, because I wasn't, I wasn't fighting. So yeah, I, of I course. wasn't getting no wages going, coming home. And, you know, it comes to a help for me when, you know, Jade had, had, had our Frankie, you know, my first, my first kid was born. You know, I've got a son now. I'm, I'm, I'm a dad. You know, it comes around. He's nearly one years of age. And, I haven't fought since he's been born. I was mm. near 12, you know, 12 months out the ring. I'm thinking, you know, I've got a son now. He's, he's like 11 months old and I haven't heard of Benny since he's been born. You know what I mean? And it was coming to an end. Then I thought, look, I've, I've, I've sacrificed in the past. I've gone without, but you know, there's no way my kids are going without. And I thought I'm going to have to do something about this. And it come to the point then where I boxed with a bit of title on, on his first birthday. Obviously, I know I knocked Gary Buckland out. And it was then that I thought, like, you know, I'm going to have to, I've got a bit of, you know, Bit of pulse, so to speak, but you know, I'm a bit of a champion now. I can get me fights, and that's when I, I went through me, me, me contractual disputes. And you know, I left and I went, went to matchroom from then. And you know, I've been as active as I could be, really. I've had a few injury problems, and you know, this one now with the date messing around, but nothing really that I can I can sit down and say, you know what, my promoters haven't done everything they've said for mm. me because you know, I can hold my hands up and say they have. Around that time, with the difficulties, obviously, you went to matchroom from yeah. Frank. The British Border Control got involved and took your license off you. Did you? Did you know that it would only be a short period of time? Yeah, it was, it was one of them. Yeah, it wasn't like anything I'd done wrong. It was just sort of saying, you know, look, while there's a dispute going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. But did you know that it would in. only be a short period? of yeah, time? Yeah, I knew because you know I was very confident in 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 what I was going to go for. You know, I knew yeah. if, if something was being done wrong, then you know I knew I knew I, I was I was in the right type of thing. So I knew it was only going to be a matter of time, and you know. I, I boxed straight away the first the first available show I could do was actually the Frock Groves yeah. one in the MEN and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know I boxed on that and uh, I won like an international title and you know, moved forward from there well your relationship with Matchroom is obviously proving quite fruitful mm-hmm. um, you've been active you've got yeah. yourself now to a situation where you're fighting for a world title and yeah. I'd just like to point out we had Barry Hearn on earlier on this week for a little yeah. bit of a chat and he says he doesn't go to the shows abroad unless he's confident that the fighter's going to yeah. win he's okay, already got a ticket mate. I, yeah. he's already got a ticket he's, he's, he's ringside he wants yeah. to be there he's flying out Barry which is you know I'm, I'm made up he's there you know, I, I like him he's one of them people Barry where he's infectious isn't exactly he? yeah he speaks and you just want to listen to him. He's just got one of them voices, and he, he's that knowledgeable. Do you know what I mean? He's been around, you know, across the board in sport. You know what I mean? But he's one of them. When he talks, you listen. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I remember with him to be fair, which you know, marks his judgment. He come in the changing rooms after Callum's debut, and he followed Callum in in, in the changing rooms, and um, Callum just sat down. And Callum being Callum, he wasn't too happy with his performance. He thought he'd done all right, but he got a little bit of a nosebleed, and he was like, he wasn't too happy about it. And Barry come in and said, listen, it's one of the best professional days I've seen. I'm telling you now, this kid's going to go all the way. He, he's going to go far. And then he pulled me dad aside and said, listen, I know you've got kids there. He said, but he's a superstar and he's going to be brilliant. And I remember thinking, like, well, I don't know, he's definitely got an eye for it because... Look where we're at now. Callum, yeah, look, look, at, look at Callum. I mean, he is. Now everyone's raving on about and everyone's saying he's going to be a superstar and stuff, but... To go and say that off watching his professional debut, you know, you must have a decent eye for it. And it made me realise, you know, he does know his stuff and 
it, it looks like he's uh, getting proven right. Absolutely, mate. Well, hopefully you're going to be proving him right as well on yeah. April 16th. Yeah. Uh, Josie Pedraza, let's talk a little bit about this fella. He's the IBF yeah. uh, super featherweight champ at the moment. Um, I've watched quite a few of his fights recently. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about Ed and Cherry in a minute. But what I've picked up on is that he does, he, he switch hits quite a lot. He does lot, fight yeah. quite a lot of his fight southpaw. Yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing that within your training then that's been yeah, quite a lot Yeah, definitely. We've had all, all kinds of sparring and we've had tall southpaws. We've had tall orthodoxes. We've been, you know, Joe's been every, whenever he wants, something change. And another, you know, I've been sparring two people. The orthodox jumps in, the southpaw jumps in. And we've been doing 12 rounds like that with, you know, two fresh people changing mid-round twice mm. around sometimes and you know we've covered absolutely everything you know we, there's not enough I can, I can say I could have done more in terms of preparation wise but so you, know, you prepared been, for we, a long night yeah. yeah well you've got to you've always got to you know people say that that question a lot to Callum because you know he's 19 and 0 and 10 of his fights have ended in a round yeah, yeah. you know we, people think that you know he goes away and trains for a round but it's not the case you've got to be you've got to prepare for your worst case scenario it's got to be 12 tough rounds and you know if you, if you get it over early you get it over early and you know, I'm not saying in this fight that it's going to go 12. You know, I believe I, I hit as hard as any super featherweight in the world. And, you know, if I land on anyone, I, I can get the mountain. You prove that against Bashero, though, last yeah, time out. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's going to be a case of going in and going about my business the way, the way I should be. But, you know, if I land, I'm confident I, I can hit him and, you know, I'm a good finish. I can, I can get, get him out. But I've, I've prepared for, for 12 good rounds and, you know, whatever the eventuality, whether it's against the Southport, against the North Sox, I've, I've covered it. And, I believe I've got the shots to do it. Well, you come through your eliminator against Bashero, did the yeah. business on him, and then off the back of that, um, the champ goes and fights uh, yeah. uh, Edmund Cherry. Cherry. Mm. What did you make of that fight? Stranger, I thought it started off first four rounds. I thought Pedraza was winning it comfortable enough. And then I thought the next four rounds, Cherry come out and won the four of them. Mm. I thought, hang on, I mean, after eight rounds, rather than looking like you had a bit of a, a breeze for Pedraza, a bit of a comfortable defence, you had a bit of a fight on, and then. Round eighty, switched to Southport and then boxed the rest of the fight Southport. And I think it was one of them fights. Really, it was it, it, it was what 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 you liked. You know, we score what you liked. If if you could have given it to Pedraza, well, he was looking. To, he was looking to keep his t- title. Let's enough, be straight. Yeah, yeah. But I think you know, if it would have went against him, went to Cherry, I don't think he could have kicked up a fuss and put any complaints or anything. It was one of them things where it genuinely was a fight where if you liked the the movement and the, and the long range shots of Pedraza, mm. you score for him. But if you liked the aggression of of Cherry, you score for Cherry and. It was very close, and people could say, yeah, he was lucky, lucky to get the decision. And it's one of the things where I think he showed, although it wasn't his best performance, I've watched them, watched them all, and he's been better than that. I think it showed a lot of a lot of weaknesses in in, in his army that mm. you know he's, he's got a bit of a stubbornness about himself, and he seemed to think like he's the champ, so he doesn't have to change what he's doing or whatever. And no one, he, he seems a bit, you know. Let off a few things that you know, we, we've been working on since, and yeah, from from a from a, a fan's point of view, watching that fight, I looked at it and thought he is the champ, and he should be able to dictate that fight. However, yeah. he kind of got dragged in a little bit to a fight that he really shouldn't have been fighting. Which for yeah. you, you probably look at that and go, "I fancy a bit of this, yeah, it's exactly. all right," because you can box and you can get in a turn up if you wish. If you're the world champion, obviously you want to go out and do what you do. You know, you only have to look at the best Floyd Mayweather when he goes out and does that. But if 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 something all of a sudden is not working for him. Then he adapts and changes. Mm. And he makes it as easy as he can for himself and wins comfortable all the time. You know, that's why he's never lost. And that's what a champion can do sometimes. You might be the strongest man in, in your country. You go abroad and you box someone else, and all of a sudden you come into someone stronger and you've got to change, you've got to adapt, otherwise, you know, you're going to lose. And that's, that was the case in that fight. I think, you know, it was going well for him. He was boxing well and stuff. And then all of a sudden the fella started putting on him and using a bit more aggression and, and getting to him in the middle rounds. And rather than, you know, he switched and stuff. And then, 
it was sort of when he switched I thought he could have boxed again and boxed more and moved and won easy but he didn't seem to do mm. he seemed, seemed to be have a bit of stubbornness about himself and it made it a lot closer than it, than it had to be um, I know we said we're not going to look ahead to yeah. uh, obviously what we're doing on uh, April yeah. 16th however there's some testy uh, testy opponents in your uh, particular division my friend yeah um, where'd you rate them where'd you rate them on Martinez yeah I think, I think it's one of them with the division I say of late has become you know, a very attractive division on, on the world scene it's, it's, it's one of the best you know, mo- mo- most stacked divisions for world champions um, I think Uchiyama's got to be seen as the number one just mm. because he's been a world champion for a long time it's one of them things though getting him out of Japan seems <laughs> a nightmare to try and do so I think a lot of people might sort of well you said him. that you you were prepared to go there anyway yeah I was going to order to box me order and it was one of them things where I just thought you know what there's chances are you're not going to get them out of it so you might have to go in and and win the title, you know, unless you can get a pace bid and mm. get them out, which is the only seems to be the only way. But now with the WBA, the way you've got this super champion rule and all that, it's, it, it, it's a bit of a nonsense. So I think you'll get a lot of people just thinking avoid him. But I think on paper he's probably seen as the number one, and I think maybe Vargas might go in as number two after beating Miura. Miura was a very good champion, and you know, unbelievable fight. But you no know, Vargas beat him and. He's probably gone number two, and I think Pedraza's closely behind yeah. him. In Roman Martinez, I think Martinez is probably the fourth. I think he's um, he's got a lot picked up a lot of experience along the way, and he's a couple of times we won a world title. But I thought he was very lucky in keeping his title last time in Toledo. I thought Toledo won the fight comfortable, and he got given a draw. And um, I just think with him, you know, going back even to the Ricky Burns days, what you see is what you get. I don't think you're ever going to get a fight mm. where he's going to turn up, and all of a sudden he's going to start boxing you on the back foot and moving, dropping his hands and stuff. He's just if you've seen him once, you've seen him, you know, everything you need to see really. He's just I think he's he's the more easy to go away and prepare for and nail a game plans on and you know, not that it's an easy fight, but I just think it's it's probably the easier one to prepare for and I'd I'd probably put him forth out of him. You've probably got a thought in your head of where you see yourself in that mix. Yeah, well it's definitely above Pedraza, put it that way. <laughs> That's why I'm going out there and you know, I'm very confident that I'll beat him and you know, I, I won't be saying and want to beat them, I'm the best in the world and all that. But you know, I'll look on aiming towards you know Vargas next, and then mm. may- maybe a uh, Uchiyama. You mentioned purse bids there, mate. Um, obviously, before we started this interview off air, we were talking about purse bids. It's been yeah. a bit of a nightmare this whole situation about getting this particular yeah. fight back and forth with Luda Bella and various things like that. Yeah, it must have been a nightmare because I know you were in camp, was, you were yeah, training, I was saying and thinking it could have been earlier. My fight was my final eliminated was September nineteenth, and his yeah. defense against Dead and Cherry was October the fourth. It was only a couple of weeks after. And, I thought, well, you know, we might get this in here for December. So I trained thinking it could be December. Then it was, look, it's going to be after Christmas. So I thought it might be January. Then he said, look, it's going to be April, uh, February 20th. So I was like, all right. Then it was, no, look, it's done. It's 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 Easter weekend, March 26th. So I was like, look, I'm having a week off. I thought, I'm just training, training, training here. So I went and had a week off. you got young family, man. In, You've yeah, got to go and get stuck was, in, haven't no, you? No, it's not happening. Now it's, it's going to be in April sometime. So it was like waiting around, waiting around then. You know, a few weeks back they come back and they, they confirmed April sixteenth. Good to go. It's yeah. it's done. It's venues everything nailed down. It's definitely happening. So because at one point it could have happened yeah. in the UK, couldn't it? Well, they were getting that fed up with all the messing around. They said, "Look, we're gonna put out the purse bids again." And if it would have done that, and Eddie would have won it, then it'd have been over here, which you know could have been this weekend. But mm. it's one of them things. It's done now. And what I can say is, you know, since the April sixteenth been nailed down, then it's gone quite quick. To be honest with you, now mm. knowing it's all done, you know, maintaining full steam ahead, and I think it. It's it's come round quite quick now, considering how long I had to wait for it to get done. Are you aware of this bit of history that you could actually uh, achieve? Yeah. Um, obviously, your brother Liam became the first Liverpool world champion for twenty three years. Yeah. 
no Scouser has ever won a world title overseas. I know, something else. I can't believe that's yeah, that when I, I got can't. It. It, considering we're such a massive, you know, we're a massive boxing city, you know, when we've had a good you know, lot of world champions or something, yeah, we've had some unbelievable fighters, some massive talents come out of the city for 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 that to be true that, you know, I'm the first person to go out and win one outside the UK is unbelievable and you know, it's something I'll be very proud to do. Well, let's hope that happens on April, yeah. the, uh, on April the 16th, mate. Um, we wish you all the very best with it. Just for fight fans that are listening, um, in the in the week where you are fighting abroad, yeah. how different is that to a week where you are in the UK? Because you go out and you've got to, yeah, do you have to acclimatise and various things like that? Or? Yeah, a little bit, but wait, man, it wouldn't be like a five-hour difference. It's not too bad. If it was West Coast, then I'd have probably gone out to another week earlier just to get my body right, but... It won't be too bad this time. It's just like a late night. Because with really. flights, you, retra- you retain water and yeah, things like that. Is it not big of a deal? No, not too much. Um, it's not too far. And it's one of the things where we're, we're fight week, you know, what you originally asked, it, it's you don't do too much anyway. You know, your training's finished the week before the fight. You know, mm. my last big big spar will be the Friday, you know, and that'll be it for me. Once, once I've done my sparring and stuff, then I'll just be relaxed, travel over there, relax the weekend. I'll do a little session Monday. I've got a public workout Tuesday. I'll have a day off Wednesday, the press conference stuff, and then, you know, way in Friday. And what's the, who's going out with you? Who goes out, is Joe going out with you straight away? Yeah, me and Joe f- flying out Saturday. My dad's flying with us Saturday. Scott Quigg flying with us Saturday. You know, just like the, you know, the, the team. And, yeah, the corner and stuff are flying out Saturday. And then my brothers and stuff are coming through the week. And, you know, I've well, got you, a lot you, of family and friends. Well, and Paul can't go Thursday. Saturday, can he? He can't go Saturday because he'll be watching Grand National, yeah, mate. He's, he's, he's at the entry, isn't he? Loving yeah. it. He'll be at the racing himself, yeah. But, eh, uh, no, the brothers and I are all going to come out through the weekend. Excellent. And then I've got like like Miguel and my family and stuff like that are all coming out on the Thursday day, flying Thursday day, and you no, know, I think it'll uh, it'll be busy when we get over there. Be nice though as well. Yeah, what? it will. It's something. And it's an exciting time of, of my life, really. You know, the, the, the week we become world champion, and it's 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 one of the things that you know we're going to get and go and go and fly out to New York, and you know, they're going to get to get a good weekend of it, and mm. be, be an exciting one, but be a good memory for everyone else as well. When you find your mum, will she be in the States or will she be in Liverpool? No, she'll be in Liverpool. She'll, <laughs> she'll be a usual routine. Bing, go home, go to bed and then uh, wake up when she well, gets home. Well, time difference, it's all right, isn't it? That's you know it, what I mean? Yeah. When she wakes up, you'll just At be finishing, maybe. At least she'll be able to get yeah. So, bit of luck. I'll, I'll, I'll probably wake her up with the result. I'm sure you agree. He is a top bloke and we wish him all the best on 16th of April. Uh, if you like what you hear with the Fight Disciples podcast, please search us down on iTunes. Subscribe. It's absolutely free. There's loads of content coming your way in the upcoming weeks and months. Next time, you will hear from Martin Murray, not only on his own world title ambitions, but as we gear up to Gennady Golovkin uh, being in action on the 23rd of April, we will hear from a man, obviously, that has been in the ring with the pound-for-pound pound best in the world. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.